welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. I love being able to talk to you every week and being able to bring you different dads and with different perspectives and be able to help you to be able to be that engaged dad that I know that you want to be. And today we got another great guest that's going to be able to share his own experience being a father of three, but also talking about a brand new book that he has. The book is called Showing Up, How Men Can Become Effective Allies in the Workplace. And our guest today is Ray Arata. And Ray is, as I said, a dad of three. And we're going to be chatting with him more about that as well. Ray, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. It's my pleasure having you here. I love being able to talk to dads with different perspectives. And, you know, we talked right before we went live today. And I know with your three kids, you've got them all in their 20s with your oldest being your daughter being close to 30 already. And so I want to turn the clock back in time because I love being able to get some perspective from you as a dad with the years that you've had with your kids. So I want to turn the clock all the way back, all the way back to that first moment that you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. What was going through your head? I thought you were going to ask me a different question. I, like when I found out that I was going to be a father, and that's a whole separate story. I didn't find out I was going to be a father of a daughter until she was born. But what I will tell you is that I had hoped for a daughter first for a whole host of reasons. I'm the oldest of three, boy, boy, girl. And I wanted to have my daughter be first. And then I wanted my firstborn son, who would be the middle child per se, but he'd be the firstborn son. And then the baby's the baby. So I got the order that I wanted. And so I was really excited because it was my first child and her mother, who I'm no longer married to, we were both equally excited. And that's what I remember. And she came out eyes open, eyes open, looking around. I'll never forget that moment. Now you've had almost 30 years with your daughter. And I'm sure that as you were entering into fatherhood, there's always a little bit of fear that goes into that. Talk to me about what was your biggest fear in raising a daughter in today's society? Well, I was in my last year of law school, and when I found out that her mother was pregnant, we weren't married, and all of a sudden the heat was on, as in, I have to grow up pretty quick. What am I going to do? And it didn't help matters that I was graduating law school, and I didn't really, um, wasn't sure what to do, and I was studying for the bar, and her mom was feeling sick every day, so it was a pretty challenging time. So the fear like a lot of men, I just stuffed it and I just did what I needed to do until she was born. And I ended up not practicing law. And I went into the financial services industry. And it was such a joyous occasion that the joy of having a kid, I mean, I'm an Italian American guy. And so family and, and kids, and I was excited, had no idea what would lie ahead. But that's what I recall. The fear wasn't huge. Now, as you think back to the years that you've had with your daughter, what would you say has been the thing that you love to be able to share with her most? And what are some of the most memorable experiences that you've been able to share together? So, you know, one of the things I've been able to share with her was my upbringing and my relationship with my mother and, and talking to her about her mother. But more than anything else, and I didn't really have this insight, was that I was going to be the first 
man in her life. I was going to have such a strong influence on her as the first man in her life. So I became aware of that only after I went through the divorce in 1999 when she was, I think, seven years old. And when I ended up doing a men's weekend, which had me look at how the pained little boy in me was driving the adult bus, and I, it was a very introspective weekend, I became very aware of this critical role, this patriarchal influential role that had on my daughter as in and i write about this in my first book speaking to other fathers imagine you're sitting around the dinner table with your daughter who's uh, a young woman and there's a guy sitting next to her imagine if you knew way back when you had the ability to influence your daughter and, and her choice of men by if she's a heterosexual woman if you knew what you knew then and how much of a role you would play as her father so that's a very long-winded answer for your question, but those are the kinds of things that at this stage of my life, I recall and think back because now I'm watching her choose men. Now, as you now are interacting with your daughter, she's an adult, she's got her own life, she's doing her own things. How has that changed in the relationship? How have you managed that? And how have you been able to kind of change the dynamic to be able to still be engaged, but also supportive as your child has become the adult that she is? Good question. So I've raised all of my kids to be emotionally literate, and they're all strong in their own right. So Emma holds her boundaries pretty well. And for your listeners who are on their way to becoming parents or fathers to daughters who get older, it's about stepping back and allowing life to be their primary teacher, but letting them, letting them know you love them all along because you're still their father. And so she still jumps on my lap and hugs me and gives me kisses and shows me her emotions and breaks down and, and also shows me her fury, everything in between. So it's, it's my reset to your question is actually seeing the adult woman that's blossoming. She'll show me the little girl, and that happens. I mean, I can be emotionally reactive and show the world my little boy <laughs> in me. So having an understanding that my role now is to really, and it's been this way for like the last eight or nine years, to shepherd her into the world as an adult. But when she's safe around me, she can bring all of it to me. So having that understanding, Chris, I think would be the best way to for me to answer that. Now, as you've gone through life, you kind of talked about that that you've been able to become more emotionally aware for yourself, to be able to better understand not only what you needed to do to be a father, but you also have become a diversity, equity, inclusion leader. You've been a speaker. You're, you know, you're doing things to be able to challenge others along the way. And you have a brand new book that's out called Showing Up, How Men Can Become Effective Allies in the Workplace. And as a father, I think that's really important because, you know, all of us are doing our own things. If it's in the workplace, if we're at home, you know, whatever it is, you know, we are doing what we can to be able to support our children, to advocate for our children in many different ways. Sometimes people don't always think about what we can do in the workplace to be able to change that dynamic. 
So talk to me a little bit about, first and foremost, let's go back and I want to talk about this book itself. What was it about this topic that drove you to be able to go through the process of getting this out there and putting this out there to be able to help other men to be able to think differently? So there's two parts to my personal story that point to me answering your question. So when I went through the divorce and a business betrayal that happened six weeks later, I did my men's weekend. It set me on a journey to join a men's group, lead these weekends, bring the work into maximum security prisons. I met a diversity and inclusion consultant along the way, a woman. She said, Ray, you really have something here. You need to go talk to the men because men that look like you and sound like you will listen to you. But first, I want you to go to a women's leadership event and you'll probably be the only guy there. And so I went to this event and I had my man in the mirror moment in that I finally realized all those times that my mom told me how being second born in an Italian family, all the rights and privileges and opportunities went to her brother because he was a boy, but not her. I thought about my wife, oldest in an Italian family, youngest brother running the business. And then I thought about my daughter who was going to be graduating from Duke with a degree in computer science. And this consultant said to me, you know, Ray, you could do your, these men's weekends or you can walk across the metaphorical street and go into corporate America. So with that, unbeknownst to me, I set out on this journey. I started speaking at women's leadership conferences, but I was like, this is going to take forever. Somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to do something. And I realized that's somebody's me. So I created the Better Man Conference, which I founded in 2016. I met Sheryl Sandberg and Jennifer Siebel Newsom, and they've become supporters and colleagues since then. And this conference was an answer to corporate America's problem that they didn't know they had, now they do, that men need to be engaged in diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives to create cultures where everyone feels included. So this goes right to the heart for a lot of men who are fathers, who I've invited them to ask, what kind of father do you want to be? Do you want things fair and equal and just for your daughter? just like you've had, just like for your sons? And of course, the answer is yes. And taking it one step further, when these men are in a workplace and they find out that their female colleagues are at the affect of what are called microaggressions, these guys you know, get protective and, and they become aspirationally better. They want to do better. So when I started tapping into all of that, I realized that I needed to write this book after you know doing a lot of these speaking engagements and talking to companies and doing the Better Man conferences. Whatever angle I could take to appeal to men, fathers has always been a big one, but it's not the only one. I went for it. And even when you and I were talking before we, we started, there's this idea that I wrote about in my first book that I call them the fatherly influences. When our daughters are little, their first relationship with a man as the father, which basically forms how they're going to reject or be attracted to men in their life later. So that concept, if you will, when women are in the workplace and they're aware of their influences growing up, or more importantly, fathers having their influence, they can begin to look at how they relate to women that work for them, work with them, or that they work for. And if they have a beating heart, which all men do, Maybe they come from that father place and step into being an ally or step into being an inclusionary leader. That's a very long-winded answer, but that's kind of how I hold all this stuff and how I talk to men about this. So let's talk a little bit more about action steps and some things that dads can do, because I think that everything that you're saying makes tons of sense to me, but not every father is going to think the same way. 
And not every dad is going to be willing to take that next step. So what are some initial steps, some things that every dad should be either thinking about, especially if they're a dad to a daughter? And then what are some initial steps that they can take to be able to take some of that action for themselves? There's a personal way to answer this, and there's a professional way to answer this, as in their personal, professional lives. The personal piece that I would invite all men to do would be to put yourself on the journey to become more introspective and more aware. My first book, Wake Up, Man Up, Step Up, Transforming Your Wake Up Call to Emotional Health and Happiness, is a non-corporate book that has a chapter on how to be a better father, better husband, better leader. It's chuck full of good stuff that at its core, I bring into the second book. The second piece I would invite men to look at is, depending on the age of your daughter, if she's an adult and she's in the workforce, if not there, ask your spouse if you're married, or ask a female colleague, what's it like for you as a woman to work in your business or work in a company, and then to listen not defend, but just to listen. Because empathy is a very, very important skill that we can all do. So when a father, a man demonstrates an interest about what the lived experience is of a woman, whether it's his mother, his his spouse, his daughter, a female colleague that he works with, and then to listen, I think that brings it all home. And even when you ask that question, you can ask a personal person in your life or somebody in your professional life, and it'll hark back. Because here's the thing, Chris, there's a thing called the man box, which is a set of unwritten rules that have historically driven what it means to be a man. And ask any woman, they don't work for them. And more and more and more men, it doesn't work for them. Things like men, real men don't show emotion. Real men only play sports. Real men make all the decisions. It's all the stuff that historically was passed down from father to son, from father to son. So Another action step would be for you men to check in with yourself. Do you adhere to these? Do you reject them? Are you acting out from them? Are you? Is it affecting people around you? So, you know, there's no one easy step, but other than get started and be proactive as opposed to doing something where you put your foot in your mouth and then you got to pull it out. Very true. Very true. And I think every, every father goes through that as well, that sometimes we say things that we regret later and then, you know, it's putting that proverbial foot in your mouth and then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Especially after you see what the ramifications are or what the reaction is afterwards. Now, in that first book, you mentioned to me prior to us talking that your daughter wrote something, that she wrote something kind of poignant that allowed for you to better define for yourself the, the not only the role that you played, but the impact that you had in your daughter's lives. Would you be willing to share that? Yeah, and let me provide some, some context. So in the front of my first book, there was a section that I chose to put, you know how like when people put like a further praise section and it's just their testimonial. I had a section in there called What Women Are Saying. And I was on a, a tandem bicycle in Grass Valley up in the foothills with my daughter one day. And we were cruising along on the bike and I asked her, I said, honey, what kind of role model have I been for you as a man? Because I was really steeped in this healthy masculinity stuff. It was what I was doing. That was an easy question, I thought. The answer was long and rolled off my tongue. This is what my daughter said. And then in quotations, this is what she said. You're not into that fake macho BS. You know that being a man has nothing to do with how tough you are. 
You take care of yourself and are emotionally aware. You aren't afraid to talk about feelings or to ask for help. You have a strong voice and an equally strong presence and ability to listen. You understand the importance of communication. You hold yourself accountable and care about integrity and honesty. You are openly caring. You admit your weaknesses. You have morals and values that you can speak to. You're available and approachable. You can take charge and be a leader, but not for greed or desire to be powerful. And you listen to what others have to say. My dad responded that he was so happy he could cry. He said that telling him he had modeled for me the attributes of a healthy, functioning, masculine man was the greatest gift I could give him. But this is the key piece right here, Chris. This is my daughter speaking again. But I realized that he was the one who had given me a greater gift than I could have ever asked for. Because of my dad, I have a rock-solid picture in my head of what a real, good man should strive to be. I don't have to take seriously any of that fake macho BS, and I have a checklist of things to look for in any man that I want to have in my life, which makes me stronger and more empowered. <sighs> so what does that mean to you? Huh. Oh my! It means that all the work I did for all the right reasons had the intended impact to shape her consciously for the rest of her life. And it's kind of like I could say to myself, I did my job. I'm still doing my job and I'm going to be doing my job as long as I'm her dad. But that was, that's how it lands on me. It is poignant and definitely not always something that you hear from your children, you know, unless even, even if you ask, sometimes I don't know that every child is going to be that open and honest about the, the impact that they have, but it is so profound when you can have those moments where a child reflects back and they can give you some of the, now I'm going to say some affirmation to be able to know that, as you said, the hard work, the hard work was worth it, even though we know it's worth it, but to hear it reflected back definitely is so important. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So as you work with dads now, you know, you talked about the conference that you've put together, but also these books that you're putting out into the world. You know, what is your hope that dads are going to take out of all of these things. And how do you hope that the culture of the world around us will change from the work that you're doing? So my hope is that men will no longer look at personal and work life and who they be in both of those arenas any different, and that it's one and the same, number one. Number two, that they will put down or examine the outdated rules of what it means to be a man and rewrite what that means to them as a father, as a husband, as a partner, as a colleague. And my personal hope is that they embrace healthy masculinity and that they come from the heart and that they take that feeling in their heart, that care and that love for their daughters, and they bestow it upon other people in the workplace. So I speak to this notion of, you know, a positive patriarchal influence. Imagine the ability if male leaders in the workplace were in a conscious, positive, patriarchal, good dad place. They'd want the best for everybody. It wouldn't be this command and control thing. They would center others. They'd bring people forward. They would be humble. They'd be vulnerable. They wouldn't make it about them. I mean, imagine what would be possible there. 
a lot. Definitely. You know, I, I think that something that we do in fathering together, you know, is is exactly what you're saying. It's talking about vulnerability. It's talking about being willing to set aside preconceived notions and preconceived cultural mores and things that we are kind of programmed to have within our our minds and souls. And we have to kind of deprogram ourselves from doing that, especially people in our generation, you know, as we've grown up. And and hopefully, my hope, you know, one of the things that I hope specifically is that with more men identifying that this is so important, that the men that are coming be, be behind us, that the children of today are learning this from their fathers. And not only are, are our daughters learning it and learning kind of like what your daughter said, a checklist of things to look for and be able to identify within people that they want in their lives, but also people that what they want to work for as well. But at the same time, it's looking at how we father sons as well. You know, I only have daughters, so I can't, I can't speak to that. But, but I think that, that that is important as well. All of that being said, I think one of the things that, that I am really excited about, because I think your book is definitely one that I would encourage all dads to, to read, whether it be your first book or your second book, because I think it's going to make fathers think about things in a different way. And it's going to make them reflect internally about who they are, what made them who they are, or who made them who they are, but then also flipping the script and making them think about things in a little bit different way. So as dads are thinking about this, as they're hearing from you, are there, are there things that you would say to them about, I know you, we talked a little bit about the first step of advocacy, but are there, let's say, first steps just in general to be able to find ways to flip that script for themselves? What are some of the one or two first steps that they should be able to do to, to start that journey for themselves? So there are four steps to the allies journey that it's probably best for me to go over them to give your listeners a good place to start. And the first one is contextualize as awareness. So the invitation, the place to look is to acknowledge your stuff. And what that basically means is seek to understand your bias Seek to understand the privileges you have in life. Seek to understand and connect to your emotions and the role they play. And take a look at the man box. Look at those outdated rules of what it means to be a man. And this is all in, in both of my books. Because awareness is where we start the journey. And when we become aware of what drives our language and our behaviors, which historically have been on autopilot, once we become aware of what they are, we can begin to change so that's the first step, and there's lots of books, including mine, to do that, and a lot of companies do trainings. The second step is to listen. Listen with empathy and compassion, or put another way, listen from the heart as opposed to listen from the head, which listening from the head is about invalidating, making somebody else wrong, things of that nature. Listening from the heart is seeking to understand and to be curious. And then third is take responsibility for any kind of impact of your bias or privilege and when necessary clean it up that's about accountability so if you mess up fess up clean it up apologize and keep going and then the last step is that advocacy step start to do things different and so when men are in the workplace and they start to realize oh they shared in the responsibilities at home 
They gave their spouse respect. They shared in the chores. They didn't assume that because she was a woman that she's supposed to do the laundry. Conversely, when they're in the workplace, that doesn't mean that they can't go get the coffee for the meeting. So it's just little things that we as men can start to think differently to create a more equitable and just existence and and space for everybody, ourselves included. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our Fatherhood Five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? I'm ready. In one word, what is fatherhood? Responsibility. Now, when was the time that you finally felt like you succeeded in being a father to a daughter? There's so many answers. The most recent answer comes from when she secured her job for Cisco, landed an apartment, and moved out. She moved back in a little while ago. So she's officially launched. <laughs> Grown and flown. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that. That's good. Now, if I was to ask your daughter today, how would she describe you as a dad? Strong, heart-centered, familial, gentle, purposeful leader. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? My dad, who's actually downstairs. He's here for the weekend. He's been a big role for me to be a father. So that's, yeah, that's my answer. Now, you've given a lot of piece of advice as you think about dads today. What advice would you give to all dads? To recognize that we're amidst a new paradigm and that it's time for men to embrace all of themselves, not just their brilliant minds, but their brilliant hearts. It's what people need from us. Dare I say, to embrace some of the inner feminine attributes on our way to becoming whole, powerful men. Well, I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for all that you're doing to be able to support dads and support everything that goes along with that. If people want to find out more about your books or about you, where should they go? So the first place they can go is rayarata.com, R-A-Y-A-R-A-T-A. Com. They'll find out about me. They'll find out about my book. They'll find out about my speaking and my coaching, etc. If they want to buy the book, go to showingupbook.com. And there's a nice little bonus there that will allow them to, when they buy the book, to register to get a ticket for the virtual equivalent of our Better Man conferences. This year, we are going to be hosting one in New York in June and in San Francisco in November. And this year's themes that we're exploring are patriarchy, perfect, power and privilege. And so they can go there. If they also work in a company and they're more curious about this, they can go to bettermanconference.com and sign up for our newsletter. That's how we keep people informed. We have free community calls. So lots of information. That's where I write my blogs. Well, Ray, I just want to say thank you for being here today and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Chris. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be.
We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be